Hey everybody, welcome it's to raining sideways <laughs> outside. Sorry. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome back to the Create Initiative Podcast. I uh, hope you guys have had a great week. I'm here with Kyler Clapp and Kyle Lee and producer Chris. Hello. Let's howdy, get going. howdy. Let's get What's going. everybody it's been another week uh it's been a bunch of craziness kyler is uh taking a picture or recording or taking a selfie i'm not sure um how's everybody doing new week new day same clothes <sighs> new week new day uh, i'm fine. currently in a hurricane that's not to be insensitive to those that were in an actual hurricane but <laughs> yeah, i think this is just the this is that part of the hurricane hitting oklahoma i think in the words of Ollie, the weatherman from Family Guy, it's raining sideways. So, <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I uh, hope you guys have all been doing well. Hope you're crafting the young minds uh, successfully, Kyle and uh, Kyler. Sure. Yeah, they're fine. You doing all right as well? Yeah, I'm currently posting on the story, but I'm doing good. We have a tornado shelter, so I'll be fine. Oh, nice. Nice. Those are a premium here in Oklahoma. Got to have a shelter. Got some lawn chairs in there, some water bottles. Wow. Ready to go. Some do you home have goods like a, magazines. Do you have one of those wind-up radios, flashlight things? Uh, we just have regular flashlights. Uh, you know, you can get the, there's a radio flashlight that you wind it up and that's how it gets power. Mm. So in case you Yeah, this is, out. oh. Mm. And it's a radio. Yeah. So you can listen to News Channel 9 on the radio. Yeah, if you want to be misinformed. <laughs> and there it is. I'm misinformed every day. I stay misinformed. Well, most Americans uh, do. Uh, so there it is. Odd thing to brag about, but okay. Hey, doesn't everybody? <laughs> well, uh it's it's good to be back. And Kyle, last week we started uh we had your first edition of top three, and so uh, we thought it would be great the, this week to give you the opportunity to lead this show. So uh take it away. Yes, it's time for I've top three, about... Kyler. <laughs> it's time to play something. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I've definitely I've thought about this question for exactly one week now. <laughs> That I was going to ask you guys, yeah, because and it, it for sure. Oh, okay. Well, she's gone. Oh. <laughs> Kyler's gone. Um, she just has to turn up her lights. Yeah, that's weird. Nice. Okay, it's so much better. Oh no, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you guys. Who goes first? Jason, Kyler, who goes mm -hmm. first? Chris, you're in charge. You select. Yeah, you go. We'll go in alphabetical order. So Chris goes first. Um, Dang it. Uh, top three breakfast foods. Hmm. I love this question. Pancakes, number one. Uh, occasional chicken on top if, you know, sub one. Um, Did you say wait, Cajun say chicken? Cajun no, wait, chicken? that's chicken and waffles, not chicken and pancakes. Okay. Yeah, that's different. That's a different ball field. Um, Cajun chicken is not breakfast food. <laughs> Uh, number two, just a solid bowl of mini wheats. Frosted? Or Frosted regular? mini wheats. Okay. Frosted. I like to live on the wild side. Oh my goodness. And then number three Chris. would be nothing because I hardly ever eat breakfast. So your favorite you breakfast, enjoy your third life? favorite breakfast meal is nothing. Yes. Okay. Mm, tasty. It's living it up. What a, what a cold life to live. So are these the foods like top three you eat or like if you if like health and living were no factor, these are the three things you would eat all the time? Yeah, just breakfast. your favorite ones. Okay. To be fair on Chris's, I would choose nothing over mini wheats. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. All right. It's like eating burlap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, or hay. I'm just feeling burlap. It's like hay with milk. 
A with milk. There well, don't <laughs> let it so get soggy. Alphabetical order. So, Jason, Jason, you're next. Okay, top three uh, breakfast foods. Um, for me, it is like the the best thing for me about breakfast is sausage uh, with sage seasoning. So, like a sausage patty or whatever with a little bit of sage on it. That's all. Gotta I'll keep have that the demons away. It'll what? Gotta keep the bad spirits away. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, he's not. He doesn't eat. The sage isn't on the sausage. He has like some yeah, little I, sage I leaves. Over my he's doing this <laughs> as he's eating the sausage. It's like a good Irish Catholic morning yeah, for him. Yeah, there, and get it. It's all protected now. Um, so uh, that uh, number two would be pancakes, and um, honestly, I think number three would be scrambled eggs. Um, donuts come in at a close close race but i think scrambled eggs win at the end of the day i would rather have eggs than than a donut um so yeah that's my top three all right kyler i just really love breakfast (laughs) um i can't rank them because i crave them all at different points but breakfast burritos from one of my favorite foods sonic or mcdonald's sonic all the way Sonic. I don't mess with Brahms or McDonald's. Only Sonic. Mm. Ultimate meat and cheese the correct with answer tater is McDonald's. in it. <laughs> it's not how this works, Kyle. Um, <laughs> um, next one, my hometown donut shop. Uh, their donuts, because they fry the donuts in the same grease they like cook the fries in. <laughs> like they don't change the grease. So you take a bite of the donut and it tastes just like a hamburger. Anyways, um... <laughs> It's Brandy's. I'll yeah. shout them out. I didn't know Brandy's had donuts. <laughs> yeah. That's because they um, look like hamburgers. when I go up to Fairfax in a couple weeks. <laughs> and then they have these like, um, I forget what they're called, but they're basically like fried ham and cheese, like cut up ham with the cheese, and then they fry it like a donut. Oh, That's a Monte Cristo. Sure. Um, next thing... Um, I just always love pancakes. I got a waffle maker. Waffles. Oh my gosh, it's waffles. There it is. I had waffles yesterday, nice. actually, and then the day before that. And then, anyways, right. is that three? Do I say mine now? No. Yeah, those three. It was donuts, hamburgers, French fries, waffles. <laughs> oh, breakfast burritos. You forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? What are yours, Kyle? Oh well. I'm not much of a breakfast eater at all. And so um, I eat a Lara bar every morning for breakfast. All right. <laughs> um, but, and then if I don't have a Lara bar, I eat a banana. Um, I do like, if we're having breakfast for dinner, which we have sometimes, bacon, just as much bacon. When you go, okay, when you go to IHOP and they're like side of bacon and they give you two strips of bacon, like who's this a side for? Yeah. Uh, a mouse? Like, I need, like, 47 pieces of bacon if that's going to be a side. Like, I want my bacon like a side of French fries, that many pieces of bacon. You know, at, um, at Dun- sorry, at Dunkin' Donuts now, you can buy a bag of bacon. And it's like they serve it in a little bag, like hash browns or whatever, but it's like bacon strips. That's, that's why awesome. I love Dunkin'. Mm, yeah. Oh, my uh, gosh. Just so you know. America well, runs on Dunkin'. That's right. America runs. America sprints. Um, let's see. I like my eggs over medium. Over medium eggs. Mm. And I love eggs. Sausage rolls, like from a donut shop. Yeah, like the kolache things or whatever. Yes. Kolache. Yeah. Um, Best best donut I ever had was in Nashville, the at Five Daughters. Five Daughters. Yeah. The hundred layer donut. The yeah, the hundred layer like cronut. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's a it's a dream. I love a cronut. Well, you need to go you to own Nashville. a cronut. <laughs> I enjoy cronuts. There's actually donuts right behind me. Oh, nice! Oh, those donuts are hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah, tell like, the I'll difference. Take, <laughs> What's I'll take the, the difference? hamburger in your display case. Sorry, <laughs> sir, that's a donut. <laughs> we oh. cook them the same. <laughs> wow! They take a hamburger, they mush it all up into a dough, and then they fry that. There it is. There it is. You know, I tried to make donuts during quarantine at my house, and they turned out disgusting. So mm. oh. it's really an art. Like you, you got to really make it happen. Like you got to know what you're doing. 
My mom made donuts. Oh, they turned out Thanks for just good. calling me dumb. Well, I'm just saying, like, if the shoe fits, I don't know. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah, it's really only for people who are smart <laughs> at donut uh, stuff. Well, that, that was a good that was a good top three. I like that. So, well, I told y'all I'd been thinking about it for a very long time. Yeah. So. Well, uh, we better get to our guest for this week's episode. And Kyle, um, you were able to to interview our guest. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it and and throw us uh, to that interview? Yeah, um, I got to. I say sit down and talk. We were, I guess we were both sitting down um, over Zoom with uh, David Foltzgraf. He's the founder and lead operator, lead sound designer, I think is what he says, of uh, sundaysounds.com, which um, they create worship patches for um, not only keyboards, but for... Um, guitar for bass all through main stage they started through main stage they have an ableton template now but um so basically he just started making patches one day as a way to get some better sounds on his synth for his church and then it turned into a full-time business for him um i mean i i i can't tell you how many churches i know use he he made his template is called sunday keys and um i mean i know most churches i like modern that have modern worship use a Sunday keys template. And so I got to talk with him about, you know, how that came about, how the changes, I got to talk with him about the changes he's seen in like supply demand for what type of patches people are wanting since uh, church changed a lot during quarantine. And so um, he got to talk a little bit about that and how, what those people were asking for, like, hey, we want patches like this, what that meant, like how worship was changing, and if he thought that that would be a a permanent change, or if uh, just we could, we got to, I mean, we talked for a very long time about all sorts of things, and so um, it was it was a really great conversation. Uh, I was really glad to uh, get to talk to with him finally. And so, because I, I got to, I started using Sunday Keys before Sunday Sounds existed, and so it was, uh, uh, it was cool to kind of come full circle and Everything like that. So why are you laughing, Kyler? I'm having a great time. Just enjoying That was it. also a long introduction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, hey. Yeah. You're reporting I'll your cut it. Out. Hey, use, use this one. Use this one. <laughs> yeah, I got to talk with David Faltzgraf from sundaysounds.com. Here he is. Alright, David, thank you so much. David Faltzgraf, sorry. Thank you so much for being on our show today. It's been a long time coming. Um, we've talked about Sunday Sounds and what you do for a few years now, and so it's such an honor to be able to have you on the show today. Thanks, Kyle. I'm really happy to be here with you guys. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, so let's start right off. Um, you started a company and run a company called Sunday Sounds. Why don't you tell us a little bit about exactly what that is? Yeah, so I started Sunday Sounds uh, back when I was on staff at a local church here in Des Moines, Iowa, where I grew up, uh, because I was trying to figure out how to use software to help my worship team sound better. Specifically, we had a really old keyboard, and we couldn't afford a new one. And then I learned that you could use your laptop to sort of supplement what your keyboard could do. Then I learned that that was actually really, really difficult to do. Um, (laughs) So after spinning my wheels and just taking hours and hours and hours trying to figure out how that worked, I found that lots of other people were trying to, to figure out how that worked too. Um, so I started just helping people figure out how to use that software while I was still on staff at this church. I started packaging up presets of keyboard sounds that I was building for my own worship team and then just putting them out there online. Um, and that was five years ago. Uh, just this month now here, we're recording this in August of 2020. Um, and so, yeah, I was just putting out patches like as I was making them for my own worship team, just using software like Mainstage and Ableton Live. Um, and then over time, uh, people were wanting more and more patches. And eventually I was able to uh, transition out of my uh, church job and start doing this full time. Um, and so now Sunday Sounds is a small team of, of awesome people and, and myself, and we just make patches and templates and sounds all the time, focused kind of specifically on church people, because that's where our background is. All of us are worship team volunteers or have been worship staff, and uh, we just kind of focus on 
helping worship teams get the results that they're hearing all over modern worship records, but don't necessarily have the thousands and thousands of dollars to buy the same gear that was used to get those sounds. Yeah, exactly. I I am one of those people who, back almost five years ago for me, uh, I came across defaultsound.com. Yeah, you and, can uh, you can tell I had I had no marketing background because <laughs> so, I mean so if you read the show notes, folks, my my name Faultsgraph has a silent P in it, and there's there's nothing worse you can do in your brand name than put a silent P before the F. Yeah. So nobody well, yeah, nobody my, could find me for for the long time. Yeah. And you know when you read something, you just kind of say it, and if you never heard it, you just kind of say it the same way forever. So even now, I'll say DP fault. Yeah, no. DP fault sound. I think I got every so, every pronunciation and spelling except the correct one. So we thankfully yeah. eventually rebranded as Sunday Sounds, which yeah. people have a little bit of yeah. an easier time finding us yeah. now. Which, which yeah, it's an awesome. I've been on staff at a church of a couple hundred. I've been on staff at a church of five hundred. I've been on a staff at a church of two thousand. And I know for a fact that all three of those churches still use Sunday Sounds templates for their main worship. And, oh, that's awesome. Man. Which speak, speaks to the functionality, whether you are a church of a hundred or a church of multiple thousand people. And so um, that's that's really cool to see. I feel feel kind of lucky to be able to see the whole evolution of it from, from no, I mean, not the whole evolution, but a big part of it from early on until just, just watching as a fly on the wall, like seeing this thing explode, watching churches live worship videos and can see a glimpse of their computer screen and see that, Hey, they're using one of David's, uh, one of his, uh, concerts. And so I always love when really, really cool. It's always really humbling and really exciting when somebody does send us one of those videos. Um, yeah, but it, it also, I also get really excited to hear when, when folks that are parts of smaller churches talk about just like the simple upgrade from an older keyboard to just just having like basic modern worship sounds available. And honestly, because that's kind of what this whole initial idea of using software did for my own worship team, that's when I get like kind of the most pumped up is just like when just a, a small team or maybe even just one volunteer keyboard player sort of starts to feel like, okay, I can actually contribute to what I'm being asked to do with with maybe one or two simple building blocks to get there. Um, so, yeah, that's really exciting. Thank you, man. I appreciate the, yeah. the encouragement. Yeah, I remember we had a 25-key little Novation keyboard. Our, our team didn't have a synth player, so I was like, we're going to add one. This is all we can afford, this 25-key. I bought. I was like, oh, main stage, it's $30, buying it. Yep. Opened it up and was like, what, what are we... What am I supposed to do with main stage? I have no idea. I can play the piano on it. That's yeah. it. What's going on? And then um, just through happenstance, came across one of your patches and it, the organization of the patches and man, it's just, it revolutionized it for us. And so, um, so or do you have like a background in programming or is this all just, uh, just you saw a need and you just tinkered with it until... You yeah. got really good at it. I mean, even uh, back as far as high school, I really enjoyed like music production. So I would record myself or like my friends' bands and stuff. And so I really first started to get into like just tweaking sounds when the focus was let's put together a really good mix for this band, for this recording or whatever. Um, but my background's really more as a guitarist when it comes to live performance. When I would lead worship or when I was on staff at my church, I'd be playing guitar. So it was really out of necessity that I sort of went back to my piano lesson roots, thanks mom, um, and kind of <laughs> dove back into the whole world of, of keyboards. Back Way back in the day, I used software like Reason. I think I had like Ableton Live 6 um, way back. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I didn't really, like it wasn't a focus or a passion of mine until I had like an outcome in my head. And the the, the biggest thing, like the whole actual sort of sandbox that I started doing this in was actually the youth band at the church that I worked for because they wanted to play like the teenagers that were on my team that I was leading wanted to play like Hillsong Young and Free, these really sort of upbeat songs with textures that, that just weren't available on the keyboards that we had in the youth room. Um, yeah. So back then, like it was either, well, we could buy some tracks and just let the tracks do these parts or we could try and like hack to get together a way to actually let these young people on my team try and sound like this band that they love. 
And yeah. initially I tried, you know, testing out using some tracks for that, but my keys players got pretty demotivated by it because they felt like they really were sort of being phased out of the band when initially they were so excited about this new song, it would end up being kind of the least exciting song in the set for them to play. So pretty quickly I realized like I can either kind of set that precedent as like, this is not your role. Like this is the tracks job or I could find some sort of way to hack it together. So for a while I would just write down really intricate notes on really specific patches in this 1990s like Korg Triton keyboard and they'd have to change patches like a dozen times a song. But that didn't work very well for them. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, main, yeah, main stage was a game changer for me uh, as a worship leader just because it was actually within my budget. I mean, it's $30 in the app store, yeah. um, which is pretty incredible. If you already own a Mac computer, of course, like, yeah, that's that a pretty, pretty expensive prerequisite in and of itself. Yeah. But yeah, that is, I mean, that's awesome. I, uh, I know that it, it was inspiring to me. Cause we had started using tracks and which I liked, I liked to be able to supplement things we didn't have. And that's what I always wanted. I liked tracks for, yep. if we didn't have something, I wanted to, I wanted to be able to have that and, and be able to play those songs mm-hmm. the way they, they sound best. Yeah. You know, a song sounds the way it sounds when it's recorded because that's the way the artist wants it to sound. And so I was like, well, I want us, to, I want us to be able to make it sound that way if we want to. Yep. But I did, I did get burnt a few times by people I know or who would just cover up their band members with tracks and i was like i i want to make sure i'm not a worship pastor that does that to my team who i'm asking to give all this extra time and so that's that's encouraging to uh to know i'm not the only one out there i knew i wasn't but um it's good to hear and i i I mean following you on stuff i i knew that you had had that heart about like it doesn't have to be a track your keys players can do it and yeah um and not even just keys now. Um, Sunday Sounds has even more than keys. It has guitar patches. It has some uh, drum loops on there. Yep. Um, a bass. It's there's a bass concert and yeah. I don't know if I'm missing anything else. But no, that's 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 it. Yeah. I mean, keys is our wheelhouse, and that's really where we have the large portion of our audience. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, more and more. I mean, we see guitarists jumping over to digital modelers, whether that's Helix or Axe Effects, and the computer is just sort of a natural extension out from there as well, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, like coming back to tracks, like what you said, talking about them supplementing or I like to think of them as being a, a great way to enhance. Um, obviously, they can be a really effective way to level up your band. But when they're kind of the only thing pushing your band forward, like when I tried that experiment, my team got really bummed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I've, I ran into the same thing. and. So I wanted, I try to be intentional about that. And I think, um, and I, I like, I used, um, I used your concert sometimes where you could, I would disable, maybe my keys player had learned one part. Mm -hmm. And so I could, you know, disable that part in the track, but then, um, leaves because you know every track has like a billion synths now or a billion like it's yeah. ridiculous yeah um but um the way the main stage can layer things you're able to enable layers and disable layers and it it helped it helped bridge that gap from okay you're just going to get up there and play a pad underneath all these awesome synth sounds too okay and now next week you're going to play one of these lead parts and we'll add that layer in to the next week okay you're going to play the left hand and uh and then by you know four or five weeks they're playing just the full patch. We can take all those tracks right. that that patch supplements for um, out. And so I love that sort of stepping stone mentality because like as I was figuring out how to use the software back in the day for myself for the first time, I, I didn't do that. I kind of dove in headfirst and then expected my team to dive in headfirst too and to be really excited about it. And this is my youth band. So I was working with like kids, teenagers, right? Who are like straight out of piano lessons or straight out of like high school band. And, yeah. I, and then I was like, this is a main stage template. And they, did, they didn't even know what like main stage was. They didn't know what a template was. They didn't know what a patch was. And I gave them like, yeah. here's eight sounds and I want you to use them all on this one song. And it, it, it was kind of the same thing as the old way with the old keyboard where it was just so much to swallow all at once. You couldn't actually like be present at all. You were so focused on not messing up. Um, so that was kind of the process of like figuring out what Sunday sounds like 
core value or what we wanted the outcome people to have to be was like, what is just like an incremental way to get better results without having to invest $5,000 up front in like a bright, shiny new keyboard. And so like, if you're, if your team's already really comfortable, like with piano and pads, then here's like one next thing that you can add on top. Or if you've got somebody who's like used to sheet music, here's one next thing that you can add on top. And that's the great thing about software in general is it can be whatever you need it to be. Yeah. Um, you just have to know how to get it there and like build the the guardrails around it yourself. So that's really what we try and do is like think about like what are the healthy restrictions here, or the healthy guidelines to let people like empower their volunteers instead of intimidate them or overwhelm them. Yeah, that's really good. I'm going to shift gears a little bit here and um, sure. ask you about, I mean, what's it's inundated our entire existence these last several months, but COVID-19 um, totally back in March, at least it completely just shut down churches for, yeah. for a minute, at least in-person gatherings. Um, how did that, um, how did that affect your business or what you um, saw your customers um, requesting or maybe saw what they were needing and how did it change their live worship experience and what you were able to see? Cause you get to see a lot of how a lot of churches do worship and yeah. um, was there any like, <clears throat> Oh, this changed it like this or all of a sudden they needed this or. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's our, our first pandemic, hopefully our last. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, that sound that could be taken either way. Last in a good way. Um, <clears throat> Hopefully our last. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It got real dark there. Um, no, but I mean, you know, none of us have ever been through something like this before, right? Like yeah. n- no church, no government, the world. This is such a bizarro thing. And at least from from like my perspective as looking at it through the lens of my business, it was like normal normal, like January, February were normal. First two weeks of March were normal. Like churches were doing church as usual, getting ready for Easter. And then like maybe in the span of like two or three days, all of a sudden, like all the questions coming in were completely different. All of the interest in like different types of products, all the questions. And then even just like what people had the time to even try to do, it just shifted in like three or four days. And then from there, it felt like maybe two or three weeks straight of everybody in our audience just trying to figure out, like, we really need to figure out how to live stream at a level we've never done before. We we have yeah. no idea how to even engage with people online. And even churches that already had an, an existing, like, live stream infrastructure, um, they were having to reinvent the wheel, too, because a lot of those infrastructures still relied on people being able to share space and having... a a team of volunteers kind of making that happen in like sort of a normal context, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, once it happened, like, I mean, my church shut down, everybody on my team, all their churches shut down. And um, some of us were kind of doing the remote band recording thing ourselves, trying to still facilitate worship. Um, my wife and I had actually just had a our third child a couple weeks before the shutdown. So, so we were already sort of pulled back. Um, just yeah. taking a break, you know, and, and, and so that was kind of weird to, to already sort of be disconnected from like the worship team at my church and then see like, now everybody's disconnected, yeah. you know? Um, I guess the main thing I'll say is like, by this point, like, I mean, what, shoot, we're like six months in, five months in, I don't know. Yeah. T- time is, is pretty abstract the these days. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's been so many, so many ways we've seen churches innovate and I'm sure that you know, in church history books from 50 years, 50 years from now, there will be really interesting studies of, of all of the effects. But the, the main thing that me and my team have just commented on as we have gotten to field questions from people and see how people are being creative. I've just been really inspired to see the way that so many churches have really crystallized their mission and their vision around the fundamental things that they always wanted to be the main things, but there were so many other yeah. things to think about. And, yeah. you know, March 15, 16, there just, there was nothing left to think about, but like anything we do at this point, anything we do at this point is just pure ministry. Like there's nothing, yeah. there's nothing in it for us. Like 
tithing's bottomed out, attendance is bottomed out, no personalities are, are being fed, no egos are being stroked. This is just like bare, fundamental, reaching our people and trying to be an encouragement to them and, and bring them closer to Christ through probably the scariest, the scariest time that many of us have ever gone through. So yeah, for sure, um, you know, I mean, we've seen churches want uh, more live stream focused content. We've tried to provide people with ways to sort of fill more space if they have like a more sparse band or, you know, I've seen lots of folks doing a really great job of leading worship over a Zoom call, which yeah. like, you know, six months ago would have felt like a crazy thing. Like, why would you ever try to lead worship over Zoom? Um, but so many people are, are just meeting their congregations where they're at with what they have. Um, yeah. So it's it's been it's been really humbling to kind of be along for the ride with churches as they figure out like, well, you know, what portion of our budget is left? What portion of our energy is left? for trying yeah, exactly. new things, for learning new songs. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really weird. I don't think we'll ever have another season like it. But yeah. at the end of the day, uh, you know, the true church is really resilient. And, and God has been moving through so many people that we've gotten to, to be a part of resourcing, even if that's just like, you know, we've done like live stream tech support, which is like, we don't do any live stream products or anything. It's just... Yeah. What else are we going to do right now? But but try and have that, you know, everybody's kind of in the same boat together. You know, how are we all going to yeah. get through this mentality? So. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see because I know there was like a divide. Some churches were like, well, how can we get what we normally do on a Sunday online as fast as possible? Right. And just keep it exactly the same. And then there, like you said, there's a lot of creativity, um, whereas like everything, even down to their worship, it was just totally different, more low key, or they used, I saw a bunch of like drum pads being used instead of a full kit because, yeah. I mean, if you're going to build a set around like a, you know, a like a launch pad or um, Ableton push or something, mm -hmm. it, I mean, mixing is going to be a lot easier than mixing live drums for a live stream and stuff right. like that. And so right. I just saw some great creativity. So it'll be interesting when things do go back to normal, mm -hmm. what, um, if there's still if there's still going to be a divide like that if they're like if churches have figured out you know like oh this is more of our lane you know and it's like it's almost branching off into a whole new style of live right. worship right and so that'll be really interesting to see yeah i've seen um, like leaning into the limitations i think yeah. versus kind of pushing up against them and i don't know that one is one or the other is more correct i think that's really contextual yeah. like how many resources do you have available to you to try and make the exact same thing happen yeah. Um, versus like just knowing right away that's not something that our church in particular can do and saying like, well, let's do it an entirely different way. Let's let's turn this on its head. And now as, yeah. now as churches are starting to open up, I think it will be really interesting to see what sticks and what kind of changes permanently or yeah. at least for a season. Yeah, for sure. Because, I, yeah, I think it opens up to a whole new audience of, oh, I enjoy, I've never experienced live worship like this. And, uh, I really like it. Mm -hmm. And so, yep. um, I wanted to ask you a lot of this stuff is like, it's real technical based as far yeah. as like main stage and patch building and trying to get just the right sound. And I know as a, as a worship pastor, but also as a worship volunteer before that, um, I would, I would get in arguments with people <laughs> like, okay, y'all want to do this song. This song sounds like this. And we sound totally different. We, we're all great musicians. You guys are great musicians, but we don't sound the same. And it's changing the whole style of the song. Sure. Um, and I would get pegged a lot of times as only caring, caring about the sound or only caring about um, the technical side of it, making sure it was perfect and not my, I felt like my heart, I was always misunderstood my heart. Like I wanted to present the best worship that could be presented. That's always been my heart. And I, mm. I feel like you probably have that same heart. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if you had any advice for someone who was like me 10 years ago, who's having to work at a church and is having to explain to some people who are maybe less willing to change or less, less willing to see that the important side of <laughs> software in worship. Sure. Um, how, how would you, what advice would you give them to communicate that without sounding like a, like, Hey, you just need a change. You know what I mean? Sorry, my computer tells me what time it is every hour. <laughs> That's okay. Do you need to retake that line? 
No, it'll be all right. This, I mean, we. I'm always the like, the cut up on this show, okay. so people will just expect it from me. Cool. All right, we're gonna and roll so, with it then. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that's a question that like I've been asked as the one like pitching the ideas. Like, well, wh- why is this worth it at all? This sounds like sounds like you're complicating things that are working yeah. fine. Um, and so I think especially thinking back to when I was like brand new to ministry, like straight out of school, just all full of ideas, but none of them were like, let's keep things the same. Like it was just, yeah. all of my ideas were about, you know, drastically changing or reinventing things. Like, cause I was just passionate and fresh and new yeah. and, and all of that. And so, um, I guess when I feel like I had those conversations with people in leadership, well, um, they were focused not on the process but on the outcome, like, what is this going to do? How is this going to make things better and for who? Mm-hmm. So when I was, you know, talking to the, the, the worship director that I worked underneath and explaining why I wanted to spend more time, like just building patches, I kind of had to lay a foundation for like, I want to do this so that my volunteers will feel more empowered so that they will be more excited about what they're able to bring to the table. Yes. It's going to take me, a good number of hours on the clock for a while to figure out how to do this. But, you know, this is the problem. And I think this is a solution to that problem. Um, versus the times when I've just kind of gone down the tech rabbit hole in those conversations and said, well, yeah. if we target this specific frequency band with our pads, then it's, you know, going to be more impactful and it's going to get out of the way of the bass guitar and there's going to be room for the electric guitar on yeah. top of it. Um, not that that kind of like perspective doesn't have a place, but it's generally not in the pitch, like the initial yeah, like, exactly. hey, what if we tried this new thing? Um, so I think that I think when it when it came to me having those initial conversations, I would often go too deep um, or or too broad instead of just kind of painting a really clear picture of like this is the the positive outcome I think that we could move towards, and then sort of inviting the the questions about well what would that look like? What would it take in terms of time? In terms of money? You know, how would it impact our volunteers? How would it impact other people on the worship team? Like kind of inviting curiosity on like, well, that sounds good. How are we going to do it? Instead of just going straight into the how, um, sort of as a critique of the current how, <laughs> which, yeah, which was exactly. my initial way. Uh, and it didn't didn't work very well. At the yeah, same time, I've, I've at, at the same yeah, time, I've into that trap, too. Yeah, it's really easy. <laughs> it's really easy. Um and at the same time, I had a couple, like a couple times when I would get really excited about uh, some new idea, like maybe integrating a new type of sound once we had software that we were using. And I, I remember spending one time, we were pre- prepping for, I think, an Easter service, and I was going to be playing some keys parts for part of the service. And so I, I spent a bunch of time programming a really complicated, arpeggiated sound. So it was time synced. And it was really, the timing yeah. was really important, really specific. And I, I prepared it. It sounded awesome. I was really excited about it. I showed it to the band and everybody was really excited about it. But then the last person that I brought it to was the person who was actually leading that service. And we didn't have all the infrastructure in place that we needed to actually sync up the tempo of everybody for that Easter service because we had, we had like a 30-person choir for that service not everybody was in in-ears. And so I was kind of trying to like cram this new exciting technology into something that was already in motion. Like it wasn't like we built that plan around that element. I was just trying to fit that element in because I was so excited about it. Um, at the end of the day, it didn't work. I had to cut yeah. it. I was bummed. The band was kind of bummed. It felt like a failure and it didn't have to if I would have just either been proactive like in talking about that sooner with the people that needed to be in the loop, or if I would have just understood that, you know, this is maybe not the time to try and reinvent the whole way that our band is structured, like on Easter yeah. Sunday. Again, like I had a lot of energy, a lot of excitement behind it, but then I, I sort of ended up spinning my wheels because I wasn't sort of honest about the way that things were already structured. Um, over time, we were able to incorporate some more of those elements, but it took like a couple of conversations and explaining like, hey, this isn't just going to automatically work. If we want to do this new thing, 
everybody kind of has to understand why we're doing it and what the repercussions of it are. Like the drummer has to be on board with playing to a click for the whole song. That's not going to happen any other way. You know, like everybody needs to be on board with this. And if everybody's not, then that's fine, but it's not going to be possible. You know, I I skipped too many of those conversations when I was kind of diving into the gear for the first time. So now we always try when people at, at talk to us at Sunday Sounds and they kind of had the same experience I did of, oh my gosh, I found main stage. I can't believe it's $30. I bought it and my worship leader hates it. Mm. <laughs> like they just think I'm causing trouble. The sound person doesn't know what to do with it. Like they don't want me to use it anymore, but I know it's awesome. Like, please help me convince them that it's awesome. And, you know, like you got to sort of think about the long game of where you're trying to go and and who you're taking with you and and who you don't have the authority to like take with you, quote unquote, like who has to agree to you going somewhere in order for that to be a success, you know, and depending on your church, that might be the worship leader that you work for. That might be the creative director. That might be your senior pastor. You have to know your context, even about the things that are really exciting and that you see like lots of other churches getting great results with every church is so unique the big ones and the small ones and all of them in between, they all have sort of quirks and systems and checks and balances and all that stuff. And um, it's not the same as like just bringing a different guitar. Yeah. You know, or like, exactly. It's, it's not the same at all. It's a, it's a fundamentally do new instrument in terms of like the potential when we're talking about software. Yeah. And I, I feel like I always got pegged as like, Oh, you're trying to get in the way of the Holy Spirit or because mm. um, you want to have it all planned out. And um, I was like, well, I feel like the Holy Spirit could let us let us in on a little bit of something Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't have to wait until Sunday. Oh, but also, I feel like it's it's God honoring to prepare. It's God honoring to um, sound our best. Um, but then the further, the more developed Sunday sounds got, it was it blew those arguments out of the water because it's like, listen. Y'all can mm. be spontaneous and we're totally ready because Sunday sounds is so great. You know, we're not stuck to this, uh, sure. This track anymore, you know? And yeah. so, um, but yeah, like kind of what you were saying, I think to sum it up, I mean, it's just, as long as the why is there, then I think people can be on board with the what, you know, like yeah. if you can explain the why, well, like, look, this isn't about the sound. This is about what the sound is, how it's going to help us reach more people. Yeah. And, um, uh, and I think, I mean, I think y'all have done a good job of it. Thank and you. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, I mean, I've, like I said, I've had experience with it at three different churches, um, just either through helping buddy, even actually more than that, I've helped some other worship leader friends and I haven't heard one, one person be like, oh yeah, it was just, it was unhelpful. You know what I mean? It was just like, wow, that totally, that totally changed. One, one guy, and this is, I, I won't keep you much longer. One guy was, uh, he was laboring over at main stage on this totally different concert. Mm. And he's like, oh, I'm trying to find the perfect Bethel sound. I'm trying to find the perfect Bethel sound. And I was like, and they, this church had Sunday keys. Mm. He just hadn't, he had never opened it or anything. He, he okay. just went through and bought like a list of top worship. He saw a blog somewhere, you know, sure. top worship. Uh, and so I was like, do you have Sunday keys? He's like, yeah, I bought it. We just don't ever use it. And I was like, open it up, click, found like a perfect Bethel patch. I mean, I don't even remember, but there might've been one labeled like Bethel sound or something like that. <laughs> it's probably, you know? a, and he, probably a pun, but yeah, something hint, hinting yeah, at it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he was like, he's like, Oh my gosh, that's the exact sound of, and he, it was one button click and he had been working on it forever, not getting mm-hmm. anywhere. And I was just like, um, it's, it's such an amazing thing that you've done. Um, it's really cool to see how God's worked, not just through your heart and through worship and leading worship, but, how you've been able to using technology, using the best software there is. I mean, Mainstage is what the pros use, not just in Christian music, you know, like it is, yeah, it is what the pros use across the board. And uh, I should mention that y'all branched out to Ableton. Yep. Um, I, I love Ableton and the Ableton um, template is a totally different ball game. But if you're familiar with Ableton, it seems right at home. 
Yeah, it's kind of so, we've, we've got the same sounds and like the same core ideas yeah. in both. So if you like Ableton, then you'll like the Sunday Keys for Ableton. Yeah. If you like Main Stage, you'll like Sunday Keys for Main Stage. Yeah, you can kind of get the same I, outcomes in both. But Ableton's yeah, like a, if you have a spreadsheet. So if you're really into yeah. spreadsheets, <laughs> if you, I found like for me, I had an older computer before, and the Ableton worked a little. It was just better for my computer because sure. it wasn't as. I mean, Main Stage sometimes. If you don't hold your tongue just right, main stage will uh, <laughs> cause your ex- computer to explode. But yep. um, yeah, that, wasn't, get it that wasn't, yeah, it wasn't your fault. That was totally just my rebuilt MacBook's fault. <laughs> um, but yeah, David, thanks for joining us. I don't want to keep you too long on the evening. Um, I don't know if you heard my four, I've got my four kids and wife like locked away in a room. <laughs> and so, and then in the middle of this, my cat was like up here <laughs> trying to get me. I'm upstairs in like this loft area and I was like, wow, this is. I think this is um, this is the year of podcasts with noise in the background. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and so um, before before I let you go, I just wanted to make sure, and we'll put all this in the show notes. Um, but SundaySounds.com. Yep, that is um, you find all the info, all the great stuff. You get to see examples of it being used. Um, tons of video. I mean, for every song specific patch, there's a video of how to use the patch. Um, either you or someone on your team like showing. Um, the amazing, the amazing just innovation y'all have had with just the chord triggers and stuff like that, just showing how, man, we can, you can play this song, whether you, if you can hit one, I think you said that before, if you can hit one note, then you can play this song. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, and so, which it's, it's great for things like youth bands who, you know, those kids can play, they can read music, but they can't, they don't know what a chord is. They can't play, sure. they can't even play triads yet, but it's yeah. like, you can still do it. Yep. Um, let's see. So sundaysounds.com. And then I know that if, if you end up buying the template or buying the concert or, or the Ableton, then you get invited to the Facebook group. Yep. Am I correct on that? So yep. the Facebook group is uh, where tons of questions can be answered. Like every day there's, it's got a whole, you got a whole subculture built around your, your product, man. <laughs> and so uh, it's like, uh, it's great. I I've been off social media for a while, but I would just, I would find myself just scrolling through and be like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe you can do that. Oh yeah. I, I've done that. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a great thing. And then, um, I was going to mention one more thing. Oh yeah. Your newsletter. I found your newsletter to be so helpful. Yeah. Um, every Wednesday you send out a newsletter to those people who have bought, um, Bought a Sunday Sounds product. Yeah, I mean, it, even even just to anybody that wants to sign up, it's free. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah so we send out a new main stage or Ableton tutorial every week, a new free worship yeah. patch for both mm-hmm. of those softwares. And then, you know, sometimes we have like new live sound design videos that we'll, we'll link up from there. Um, other cool stuff. We'll talk about new releases that are coming out and whatnot. Um, that goes out every Wednesday. So if you go to sundaysounds.com and just hit email updates or scroll down a little bit on the homepage, you can sign up there. Yeah. Super helpful. I've found a bunch of fun sounds on there. Um, I just go on there and save them and like, I might need this someday, you know? And, uh, (laughs) yeah, I think we've got, you never know. I think we've got maybe almost like 170, 180 free worship patches that you get when you sign up for that newsletter. So even if you don't want to buy anything, just go grab the free stuff. We're all about yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, you'll be set for for a while on the free stuff. Well, yep. David, man, thanks so much for spending your evening talking with us. Sure um, thing, Kyle. It's great to connect is, with uh, you. Yeah. So, listeners, that's David Faultsgraf. Sundaysounds.com. Make sure to check it out. We can't recommend it highly enough. So I don't know. I'm like looking over here. Like I'm looking at. That's my. It's a bed up here. I don't know who I'm looking at. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, Man, anything else you want to add? I don't want to. I don't want to cut you off. No, man. I, I just appreciate your All time. Right. I, to everybody that's in your audience and is in there every week, trying to innovate and be creative, just like be encouraged that you guys are making a difference um, in the small things and in the big things. And uh, you know, like folks like me, we're just cheering for you guys to keep going, keep pushing, and supporting the the message of what your church is doing. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. All right, David, well, I'll let you get off of here. Um, you got three kiddos to tend to. I got four kiddos to tend to. We could, uh, <sighs> it could be some disasters going on. So, <laughs> All right, Kyle. Thanks, man. All right, man. Well, we'll see you. Okay. Bye-bye. We 
want to thank David again for uh, taking time to join us. And uh, that was uh, a lot of good information. So thanks for making that happen, Kyle. Oh, yeah, that's right. He told us off air. He's not going to say another word. So for you uh, <laughs> podcast listeners, uh, that was what we call radio silence. Sorry about that. Uh, well, Kyler, do you have any last thoughts before we get out of here since Kyle's not saying anything? Uh, yeah, no. I got some thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Kyler, are you you feeling so, okay? <laughs> what's the deal with donuts? <laughs> I have no deal I, with donuts. I like my donuts like I like my burgers. Extra tomatoes. <laughs> uh, well, we just need to do a whole roast podcast where we just uh, roast each other. I'm down for that. Spot on. And- Spot on impression, whoever was doing that. Yeah. The Chris, man, that was, that was impressive, that. Chris. It's definitely Chris. <laughs> oh, that should be good. If we ever have uh, Create Gatherings again in 2021, one of them should be the Create Roast. <laughs> we should do a live podcast and just go to town. Roast. So, that could... I, um... <laughs> What Kyle? you think cancel culture like you think cancel culture exists now like I would get like erased from the face of the planet. Well, you're if already off social media, ro- so you're halfway there anyway. Yeah, started roasting people because all it takes is one laugh for me, and then it's like I will go as deep and painful as possible. Well, that's you know. It's it's a flaw. It's, it's for sure a flaw. A, it is a flaw. That's for sure. But it's also a strength. I think it's um, yeah, I was like, my biggest, your greatest strength. Well, and I think my the, biggest weakness is also how strong strength. I am at roasting. Hey, I was just thinking yesterday if coronavirus should bring back anything in church, it should be those little wind muffs. The wind muffs over, over the, the mics. All the all the different colored ones. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They should bring that back. Because of the church I was at yesterday, they were just sharing passing the mic, and I was like, well. Yeah, that's breathing, horrible. Breathing it in. Yeah, when we had our summer camps, uh, we had a rule with the interns of like no sharing of the mics. And literally, the very first orientation, the intern goes around giving everybody mm-hmm. the microphone. It's like, well, that's not going to happen. So. Today, a student in my class was wearing one of those gaiters, you know, mm-hmm. that goes like he took it off and he shoved the entire thing in his mouth, <gasps> and um. Then took it out of his mouth and was wringing the spit out on the floor. And then he put it back in his mouth and he was, then he took it out and was like slinging it around <laughs> like this and uh, getting slobber everywhere. And so pretty good day around here. Yeah, that's good. You know, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. <laughs> Spit's going to happen. Spit will happen. Well, uh, we need to wrap this show up um, because it's been, <laughs> it's been something else. <laughs> You guys thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? And Kyle and I both said... I liked it. Edgy. It's a show, Put right? that explicit rating on here. Get that explicit we'll rating. Get more, we'll get more listens, right? Isn't that how it works? Yeah. I saw... Hey, Church Home, they had an explicit podcast rating one time, and I listened intently the whole time to see what it was for, and I still never heard it. Was it was just I think that it explicit gospel, edgy. you know? Yeah. Yeah, mm. the gospel's offensive. Yeah, it's very, very offensive. Uh, love your neighbor. Like your, love your neighbor. That's so offensive. It's so it's not your cupcake. So offensive gospel, <laughs> Kyler. Well, we need to wrap this show up, everybody, and uh, when you <laughs> wrap it up, uh, any last thoughts? Anybody? First one on the mic. No, anyone? Anyone? Paper crumple. Kyler, you got anything? Let's be wrapping the show up. I got nothing. Chris? I got nothing. Man, what a wonderful way to end this episode. So we want to thank David again for joining us. We want to thank Kyle for uh, joining us from his classroom. Thank you, Kyler, for joining us. And thank you, Producer Chris. Uh, Everybody, go find a hamburger donut and enjoy it this week. We'll see you next time. A bug just flew up my nose. (laughs)